0: Ladies and gentlemen, NLX2 podcast is live. We have another solo dolo with your boy, Colby Wartman, Coach Wartman. Um, This is a very personal podcast. This is something that I didn't even think of until people around me really, really gave me the idea, like, this is very important and so we will get into the topic of discussion but first the iron chapel my goodness we just got a great new paint job on the son of a gun um we're the athletes that we have been able to have an impact on are are just balling out they're doing well they're doing very well Our specialty is athletes, but we are gen pop. We're athletes. We're people that want to be athletes, people that just want to get around the barbell. And that's what we want to serve. So the Iron Chapel strength and conditioning at its finest geared towards reaching athletic or general population potential. It's the most important thing for people. Get them confidence, okay? Secondly, Nutridyne. Know exactly what you're getting, okay? We want to make sure that you know exactly what you're getting in the supplement world. The supplement world is the wild west. You don't know what you're getting half the time. The prices are outrageous and you could be getting wrapped up in an MLM. Don't do that. Nutridyne spends copious amounts of money on testing to make sure that you're getting the right product. I do not recommend any other product than Nutridyne not because I'm affiliated. Um, there's maybe one or two supplements outside of Nutridyne that people have done it very well. We have to make sure that you're looking at how the product is tested and the quality assurance that you can get exactly what you're getting. So listeners to this podcast, I have a landing page. If you go to that landing page, link in my Instagram bio, you sign up, you get 20% off all supplements forever and a free supplement consultation with me. So, um, that's a, that's a great deal. If you are interested, let me know. So into the meat and potatoes today, uh, well, actually Friday, which was the 16th, um, October, right? Yes. We're in October, October 16th. I, uh, in my calendar, I use square and I, I put in reoccurring things on my calendar and making sure that I'm up to date and i flipped to the 16th which was friday and it said five years clean and it's been a long time coming um so i every year i put in a a reminder of the exact day that i decided to give up uh, my drug addiction and to try to fight for something more in life try to have a bigger impact than just being a piece of crap doing stupid stuff, you know? So I, uh, I know people that have listened to this podcast have dealt with these issues and that's why, that's what I do what I do. I mean, my job description is to make better athletes and to win football games or basketball games or volleyball games. But that's not my purpose my purpose is to make sure that no kid has to go through what i went through and that they can excel in life without having to go through some of the hardships that i had to so five years clean hit friday and it was a big deal five years is a long time Um, five years you can learn a lot but then i really didn't let it set in and my wife asked a few questions multiple times and she said can I, can I like make a post about like you having five years? And I, I'm very honest and open about this. And I've done podcasts about this in the past, but I didn't know if I wanted to celebrate that. And for, for some personal reasons, I, five years is amazing, but I want 30, I want 40 and 50 years, you know? So it's, it's another year under the belt, but, um, it's something that I was hesitant but then we were also we made dinner and um my wife came up cracked a drink for me and said cheers to five years and like it kind of hit me it it just kind of hit me um, right in the feelers or right in the throat and so it, it it was it was cool to realize that other people have helped get me there the being on the shoulders of giants but that other people care about it. And I know that my wife and my wife is supposed to tell me I'm awesome all the time, being, even though she's dating a moron or dating, married to a moron, um, but it was just really cool. So I decided to help other people that are maybe in their journey right now or wanting to become sober or have thoughts of going back to their addictions or whatever the case is if you've been in that situation this podcast is for you i'm trying to provide a service for you that you can um use me as a sounding board my instagram is public my phone number's on there that's my personal cell phone number i want to help i want to help all my athletes i want to help all my general population people i want to help all my clients and i want to help all friends and family and people that aren't friends so this one is for all you guys so what has what has five years of sobriety taught me um i guess this gets into my story and my story is a little little bit different but also has reoccurring things themes of every addict's story so um being a multi-sport athlete dang near a valedictorian looking at about a 3.9 a uh probably the being very uh not being boastful but one of the more talented people at the school a small school in Wyoming and I excelled in sports and I really really enjoyed and enjoyed is a very easy word um to describe this but it doesn't do it justice I enjoyed living a double life and this double life of success and the high school quarterback And the, the number one to three wrestler in the state and all these things. And then I was living a double lifestyle, um, getting addicted to what started out as pain medication. And so where this all started, it started back in my childhood, obviously, just like any other addict, but it started with injuries and it started with shoulder injuries that completely devastated me. But I was able to get a physical substance that helped take my pain away, didn't touch my physical pain. It was that emotional pain that I was, uh, that I was having. And <clears throat> i not trying to sound like a, like a softy, but every single addict and every single human is trying to mask some sort of pain they've had. Everybody doesn't grow up with white picket fences and mom and dad and three siblings, it's that there's no normal. What is like, if you could ask yourself, what is normal? Nobody has normal. So my normal was having divorced parents, having, um, having issues as I grew up without really getting into it until later. And so I had these shoulder surgeries. My first one was my sophomore year of high school. I just wrestled the last, the last tournament before Christmas. I won the tournament but i dislocated my shoulders multiple times and it just wasn't going well and so i decided to get surgery for the first time well surgery for the first time that wasn't the first time i had ever had pain meds um obviously uh, doing it illegally but as a sophomore in high school i now had the ability to have all the pain meds that i needed for my shoulder and at that time this is the wild west of the sub or the supplement industry the pain medications so i call it the the wild west because there was no regulations there was no communication between doctor to doctor so people were doing what was called doctor shopping doctor shopping is going to talk to multiple doctors getting multiple scripts and pretty much playing them and so this was fairly easy in a small town Um, being able to go from doctor to doctor and get exactly what I felt that I needed. And so uh, that's exactly what I did. Sophomore year, I had the surgery right around Christmas time. Fast forward a full calendar year, and I still had the same pain pain prescription and more. I had uh, a multiple on top of that, getting refilled and refilled and refilled. And so it came down to the point where the doctor finally said, Hey man, um, here's some Tylenol. We're getting to the times now that they're really seeing the, the long-term effects of these pain medications. And he said, here, take this you will be fine. And so I was going into track season and I couldn't get that anymore. Well, you're going to find what you want to find if you look hard enough. So, um, my small town of Warland was very, very struck by an economic downturn. Um, oil was not popping off in, in Warland, Wyoming, like it is up here in North Dakota. And when an economic downturn hits, so do drugs, drugs and violence and crime start to set in. And so I, I was able to get whatever I wanted. It was just a little bit more expensive. And, um, this kind of still hits me in the heart. I, I put both of my parents and my step parents in a very hard financial situation without them letting me know that, but hey, I need gas money. Hey, I need this, I need that. And at the time I was still this 4. Point or 3.9 uh, student and this all-star athlete. So why wouldn't they? You know, why wouldn't they give me that money? Why they didn't even, they didn't even second guess it. And so at this time I'm hanging out with the wrong people Um, but I always say like, yeah, everybody's like, oh, I got caught up with the wrong crowd. Maybe you're the wrong crowd. Maybe you're the one that shouldn't be with those people as well. Maybe you're having an influence on them. They're not just having an influence on you. So I was able to get everything that I wanted. Um, the addiction grew, um, much deeper. And after that, I had that shoulder surgery then, and then I started progressing down that uh rabbit hole of being very dependent on pain medication at this time it was just pain medication and um very very dependent because all my friends started doing it and uh, i i remember like my junior and senior year of wrestling like happening to have those things um finding excuses to get what i wanted and just being with people that i had a bad influence on and they had a bad influence on me And that's that's that. It it goes down pretty quick. So at that time, I was able to get what I wanted and live this lifestyle and be completely dependent on them. And I, I, you can say it, you fell in love with that feeling, that feeling of having that stuff, of doing that all the time. And from sophomore year, all the way through almost till the end of senior year, um, that's all it was. And long 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 story short it progressed and things got worse i never got in trouble but i always seemed to turn myself in and so my senior year i i really realized i was like man i got a problem i i can't play football how i want to i can't do all these things without having these or my life isn't enjoyable without them and so i was trying to mask and i'll get to the this once i um go over what i've learned in these five years but i was trying to mask that i didn't feel loved That I didn't have um, a true feeling of being loved and accepted for who I was, so I turned to these these pain medications that um, would numb and knock me out. So I came to the realization I had an issue, and I I I confessed to my my parents, and. This was my first initiation into like a not, it wasn't treatment by any means. It was, Hey, you have a drug test for 365 days. You have a drug test waiting at your house after school or after practice. So, um, for 365 days, one full year, I had a drug test waiting at my house. When I got home, I passed every single one of them. I didn't fudge them. I didn't cheat the system. I passed every single one of them, but I didn't want to stop. I did it because I was forced to. And being an athlete, being somebody that's motivated, that came easy to me. I was trying to prove a point that I could do it. So I did it. A whole year's worth of not doing anything. And so this brings us into college. I have been sober for a year going into college, and things are all fine and dandy. But then you realize you get to college and um, you can find the things you want to find if you look hard enough. And there's people everywhere. And luckily, it's it's not... I wasn't... I I could never be an alcoholic in my life. I really don't like it that much. Um, But thank God that it wasn't that because it's so readily and easily available that you can get a hold of anything at the snap of a finger, drop of a hat. People are all doing it. So um, I get into... My freshman year of college, I'm a starter as a true freshman, me and my boy, Drew Johnson. Um, we, we were in the Frontier Conference's rough year, man. We won one game or two games. Everybody beats Jamestown, so obviously we beat Jamestown. But um, it started to progress, and it, it, took, it, it took until like the end of the second semester going into summer before I even caved. So it was over, it was about a year, over a year and um then once I introduced myself back into it it just got worse fast because in college football you're partying you're hanging out with friends you're this popular person on campus you're a decent player I'm gonna give myself that a decent player um and so popularity sets in everybody's doing it let's do it and so it came easy and uh the road slipped really quick and then um fast forward to my junior year And I'm obviously still doing this stuff, still dependent, still doing all this stuff. But things got worse when um, a buddy from high school had moved up here. And long story short, I'm not trying to do anything like say any names or anything like that. But long story short, moved up here. We were good friends and things progressed very severely where it was a daily occurrence. It was um, not just pain meds. It was the worst stuff you can think of. And it was a daily thing. Like I'd have to do it. I'd go to practice or I'd go to class or I'd go to home or doing homework. I needed to do it or go to the movies. I had to do it. I incorporated drugs with everything that I did. So anytime I did anything, I got a feeling, Oh, I have to do this. And looking back, there's a reason. I didn't think that I was good enough. I didn't think my feeling as a normal human was good enough. So... I had to do these things to feel whole and that'll get us back into um, some of the lessons I learned. But um, I, I hold the coaching staff at Dickinson state university higher than I hold most people in my entire life, family, friends, anybody. Um, I had a coach who helped me through everything. Absolutely everything. I came clean. I said, Hey, I got a problem again. I never got in trouble. I was like hey i have a problem i need to get it fixed this coach went to the hospital with me stayed with me for hours while i'm on medication getting ivs withdrawing off stuff whatever all of it there to help man and that says more about the character of that person than anything any any game we've won or lost or any compliment you could give you go to a d1 uh D1's college, you go to University of Wyoming or Alabama or Colorado or Nebraska, you'd be hard pressed to have a head football coach go with you, help you through everything, and not look at you as another number. He looked at you as Colby Wartman or Joe Blow or whoever it is as a person. College football is a brutal business. It's a strict business. If you're not the best player that day, you will not play. You are a number. There's somebody behind you that is more important on that day. So to be looked at as like a human in that setting, dude, crazy. Very awesome. Um, I can't thank uh, these coaches enough. And then you fast forward down the road. I'm able to be the strength coach for the football team. They allow me to have a positive impact because they know I've been there. I've been to the craziest dark places this earth has to offer. So that's where all my lessons come into into play here. So um, things that I've learned and how did I find success? So I finally found success because I finally felt loved. And that sounds so, so gooey and gushy and soft that's the root of it that is 100 percent the root of it i finally felt that i had a passion that i had something that i could give that i think that i'm the best at the world at that i can give to other people and have a positive impact so having that i had something more to live for um so just to kind of give you a timeline um i got the help i went to treatment i did all those things treatment doesn't fix people. People fix people. You fix yourself. If you don't want to do it, you're not going to do it. Or if you really want to do it, you're going to do it out of spite. But until you can truly want to live a better life, good luck, it's not going to work. So I truly wanted to do it. I knew that there was a bigger purpose. Um, strength and conditioning really wasn't even in the picture at this time. And I, I just uh, I truly Dove into my spiritual side and had to give up my ego, give up my will, and pray and read and pray more because that's the only thing that helped me through. So, if you truly want to do it and you can dive into trusting God for who He is and the miracles that He can do, He will take it from you. And you can do it by yourself, with God, but if you are trying to do it out of spite or just because, it's not gonna work. So I found success because I finally felt loved and I had a passion and a purpose. Um, that's how it all started because I didn't feel loved. I had um, a childhood that was a little rough and so I turned that, um, that stuff to feel loved. Um, things I've learned, um, a few a few pointers that I've learned from five years. Drugs equal love. Love doesn't equal drugs. So drugs equals love because every addict is trying to chase something. They're trying to chase a a hole that they have at the very root of it. So if you can't get to the very root of why you're doing what you're doing, you're never going to have success. So Um, The root for me, like I've said, is I didn't feel true love. I felt love when I, um, or acceptance. Let's even call it acceptance. I didn't feel acceptance. I only felt acceptance when I had a good play or I won a big wrestling match or I got this crazy project or good grade. So it wasn't like this all-encompassing, never-ending acceptance or love that I never had. And so I chased it because when I was, Excuse me, when I was on those medications or drugs, I felt complete. It's a crazy crazy cycle to go through. And so drugs equal love because that's exactly what you're chasing. But love does not equal drugs. We can't we can, people say they fall in love with that drug. It's such a superficial thing. And you can beat biology. People that say, well, my mom was an addict and my dad was an addict and my brother and my uncles, they all did this, so that's what I'm destined for. I don't truly believe in that. I feel that you could have a a, a harder time, yes, because nature versus nurture. You were brought up that way. You were seeing this, that dependence is the way, and you think that that's what you have to do. I really do think that some people's brains are built more towards being an addict. But I also believe that it's all about choice, that no matter what, if you put your mind to something, you can do it, that you can completely beat biology, rewire your brain and live a better life. So that's the first thing um, that I learned was that. And so another thing is that I learned is analyzing other people, other athletes, other coaches, other parents, other friends and family, all humans are addicted to something, every single one of us. Throughout my journey, I was always addicted to training, working out. I always had that at the forefront of my mind. And it sounds crazy, but I would, hey, I gotta go get my workout in first, and then I can take my pain meds to do whatever. It's always there. It was always the most important thing. But towards the end, it became second. And that's when I knew it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like this thing that is so important to me, now I don't care about. I'll skip it. That's when things got a little bit different for me. So all humans are addicted to something. And I go back to I was sitting across the table from one of the best college wrestlers there was in a long time, underdog in everything he did, being from from small town Wyoming, Bryce Meredith. And he said, Everybody's addicted to something. We might as well make it good or positive because we're all going to be addicted to something. Whether it's coffee, whether it's our phones, whether it's rain energy drinks, whether it's nicotine, whether it's um, drugs or porn or your business, everybody's addicted to something. There's no exceptions. Everybody has some kind of dependence because we are humans of routine. And that's what happens. We wire our brain for a routine and we do it. So, everybody is addicted to something and you might as well make it positive. And so, training for me is that, but also seeing an athlete or a person excel obviously, the physical uh, means of that, but also their competence, seeing people change from a barbell, a barbell completely changing their life or a dumbbell or a kettlebell, but strength as itself changing an individual having more confidence and so um that's what i truly love seeing now and that's something that i've rewired my brain that that is one of my drugs that is one of the things i'm addicted to is seeing athletes most specifically find success and run with it another thing i've learned is um there is nature and nurture there is growing up to born or born to being an addict or having choice. And this is a hard discussion because science has taken over a lot and I can, me being where I had been in my journey, I can truly ride this fence no matter what anybody says. Everybody's going to say it's either black or white, either you're born to be an addict or you're not, or it's choice or biology. I think it's a little bit of both. And here's why people can be brought up their dad their mom their brother their uncles are all alcoholics and 10 years down the road they are raging alcoholics but we've all seen those people that have terrible terrible childhoods and they they grow up their parents are all addicts everything they do is just terrible and you see that this person is now that Val Victorian he has gone on to play professional basketball and he is now the owner of a multi-million dollar company and has a family that are just the the epitome of the perfect family so you see that there's this this fork in the road where we've seen the people that have this terrible life go into that terrible life because that's all they know or they despise it so much that they go completely opposite, completely on the other side of the spectrum. So that in that reasoning, if a person is born and is more, is born to be an addict, why does that happen? And I think that's where choice comes in, where self will comes in and where God's will comes in. So that's why I think you ride the fence, because I truly believe as a child, if you see your your brother and your uncle drink and become dependent on, oh, I had a bad day, I need a drink. Oh, I'm um, going to mow the lawn, I need a drink, or all this stuff from mother and your siblings, I truly believe that rewires the brain of that individual. I really do, because that's what they know is right. but. Choice comes into where you can realize as you grow up that that's not the way you want to live, that that's not healthy, that that's not how other people have lived. And you really realize, I wish everybody could play college football because you get to see what is normal and nobody has normal. You see all your friends from California and Florida and Texas, and all your friends from Alaska or your Samoan buddies, and you see that there's this different lifestyles that all lead to a different end goal. And so I truly believe that you can be more predisposed to becoming an addict, but at the end of the day, it's choice. So you, you definitely can be brought into addiction and are fed into it. And that's all you know. And so that's what you do. I truly believe that being an addict can rewire your brain and your brain chemistry is different. Yes. But I also believe in miracles. I also believe in God's will and self-will. I really do. And so I think it's a mixture of both. So I think medications can help. Yes. But I also think that over-medicating somebody isn't the best thing to do. So I, I find that It's not black or white, just like anything else. Politics aren't black and white. Why do we have a bipartisanship? It's not black or white or blue or red, whatever you want to call it. So that's something that I am truly um, passionate about is addict versus choice or born to do it or choice or nature versus nurture. So that's something that I've learned in these last five years that after you're 25 years old, Quit blaming your parents for what you do now. You have the choice to change everything you can. So I'm going to leave it at that. If you've been there, this is another thing that I've learned. If you've been there, help others. Before, I just kind of sulked in what I, uh, what I had done. I just kind of kept this journey to myself. And I said, why the hell would I keep this to myself? I've been in the darkest places this world's have to offer. I've had deals gone bad and just nights not knowing where I'm sleeping and whatever it is. And so if you've been there, why not help? And I think this is one of the more important things that I've learned is I can see this in people. I can see it in athletes. I can see people that are more predisposed or people that are going down that path. And I want to help remember my job description is to make better athletes my purpose in life is to make better humans and i've been able to see that in athletes in general population and anybody friends or family people that aren't i'm not even training i can see that and i just want to help i want to talk i want to be a sounding board i can see kids that hey i got surgery they asked me about it oh i have all these pain meds and all this stuff well it always dries up it will always always dry up especially in today's day and age where there's a bunch of lawsuits and the research is very sound of all the negative effects this has had on our entire human populace our entire world so i the reason i got into strength and conditioning yes is because i don't want people to have to go through what i went through injury wise physical mental spiritually i don't want the people that take the path that i took I want them to take the more paved path. I want them to take a path that they don't have to go through addiction. They don't have to go through all these things. Yes, I want them to struggle, but I don't want them to struggle on the road that I had to go on. It's a bumpy son of a bitch. It's not fun. And it's gonna lead to a dead end. I want people to have this nice I-94 highway with just nice and flat little curves here and there. You go through Mile City. You get to Billings, there's a little bit of hills and it's just nice and narrow. I was on an oil field road that hadn't been done in five years with potholes everywhere, people honking at you, no culvert, gravel everywhere, breaking windshields. That's what the road I was on and I don't want anybody to go on that. So if you've been there, help. Please see it in other people. You know yourself and you can see it in others. I've been able to help other college athletes and high school athletes and people just by telling my story. And that's what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to reiterate that, but this isn't the stuff that gets views. This isn't the stuff that you freaking have 100,000 prescri- subscribers on YouTube. This isn't the stuff that anybody wants to talk about because it's hard. It sucks. But it's the stuff that we need to talk about. So that's, I really believe that if you have been there, You see people struggling that's what we are put on this earth to do is help other people help them become stronger help them become more confident help them with all that but help them be better human beings for the future generations because we're going into a really weird and crazy time so if you've been there help others another thing i've learned is you need to find your root cause You need to find that root cause that caused you to go down the path, that caused you to go down that oil-filled road instead of the nice paved I-94. Everybody has their root cause, and a lot of what the research shows is it's a lack of love or acceptance that people truly drive to going into a path of addiction, whether that's work, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is. It's, it's the same reoccurring thing. So find your root cause. A lot of people have regret in life. Regret is a heavy, heavy burden to carry the rest of your life. Some people don't feel accepted. Some people had a terrible childhood and some people had a great childhood, amazing white picket fence and all, and they get drawn into it. So that's where I have a conflict where I think it's very gray. It's not black and white that you're born to be one or you're not, or you're born to be one in choice, I think they both have, a, both have merit because we look at millionaires that have everything they need that are in the 27 club. They die, bef- all these rappers that are dying before. So I think that uh, we, need to, we need to find that root cause. And mine was a lack of acceptance. And some people have regret. You just literally have to look yourself in the mirror because subconsciously, If you can clear your mind if you can be sober for a week you will find your root cause you will 100 find your root cause because when you aren't thinking about that or when you're on drugs you only think about that you only think about the next high or you only think about um the person that ripped you off or where i'm going to get my next one it's almost this survival mode this fight or flight that i have to have this that's the only thing i'm thinking about but once i have it oh i can do my homework i can talk to my family I can do whatever else, I can score a touchdown. Once you can find sobriety, you will find your root cause. And your root cause is usually based around a lack of acceptance. Find where that was and forgive. I had to forgive a ton of people in my life, just like a ton of people had to forgive me. I had to look back and say, this is the moment, or these are the moments, the sequence of times That led me to where I'm at in 2010. You have to find those. Find those and forgive them or just accept them. Because Joe Rogan always says it. He says, when you look at adults, think of them as just grown-up babies. That's all we are. We're allowing an event in 1995 to affect my life down the road in 2025 or 2020 or 2022. It seems asinine. So look at those root causes, find sobriety, and your root causes will be glaring. Look in the mirror and be honest. Have that conversation in your head like, why was I chasing that? Oh, I had shoulder pain. You're on the wrong track. It's not the shoulder pain or the knee pain. It's a different type of pain that you can find if you be honest with yourself. Another thing, attacking it like training. I, uh, being able to attack your addiction like training. I've been very lucky that I've had training in my life, that I've had physical exertion, and my family, my parents specifically, my mom and my dad instilled that in me. Work hard and you'll get what you want. So, training has always been that staple or that constant in my life. So, attack it like I attack my training, attack that addiction. Any type of thought comes in your head expel it right away. Oh, that sounds good. Or that chew sounds so good right now. Nope. I don't chew anymore. Or Hey, I could go have one drink with friends. Nope. Last time I had a drink with my friends, I ended up in jail or whatever it was. So expel those thoughts instantly and attack them like you're training, attack them like something that you're passionate about. So for me, the reason why I say attack it like training, cause that's what I'm passionate about. Attack it like what you're passionate about. If that is knitting blankets, be the fiercest knitter on this side of the Mississippi, hammering out blankets, and do that just like you would your addiction. Just hammer it. Don't accept anything else. It's black or white. You're either gonna do it or you're not. This is one instance where it's very black or white. You're either gonna do it or you're not gonna do it. So just attack it. And then last and one more, very important. Um, People are always going to help until they don't. So you're always going to have people that are going to try to help you through that. Um, They see you at your low and they know that you are better than that and you shouldn't be there. And so people are always going to be there to help. Lean on them because they're not always going to be there. People are always going to help until they don't. You will always have people that will try to help you. My instance was my coaching staff and my family. But most importantly, my wife. I was right at exactly a year sober before I met my wife. So you hear these stories, a lot of people like, oh, I got sober when I met my wife. Like, I don't think that's a great idea. I think you need to be able to cope with it by yourself. Be comfortable in the unknown, be comfortable by yourself. And then I think that's what attracts people to you. In my instance, I think me living a better life being sober um being on the right path doing what was right led me to meeting my wife not vice versa so um there's always going to be people to help you until they don't um i've had the most supportive uh the most open and honest wife that anybody could ask for she's just helped me through everything she's obviously going to pat me on the back say oh you're the best this that and the other But she's not gonna, she's not going to blow me full of smoke. It's not, it's not like that. So she's gonna be honest, she's going to help through it. But that I was comfortable and sober for an entire year, and I found passion and purpose and what I wanted to do. And that's what helped keep me sober and God's will over mine. But then having a new drug, again, my first point: all humans are addicted to something, and it's mostly acceptance or love. And she was able to present me without getting too soft cuz that's not me a love that I'd never had which is my new drug training my new drug helping others my new drug so obviously we're addicted to something find it and be positive with it so there's always going to be someone to help until they don't ladies and gents that is that that carried on and I really 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 hope this one helped somebody but I want to pull up an image real quick for you just so you can kind of see the journey for me. So this picture right here, um, if you can see that, is the picture when I called my parents and I said, hey, I have an issue, I have a problem, I need help getting it fixed for the second time. Um, My mom being from worland wyoming drove all the way up from warland to dickinson north dakota um about a seven ish seven and a half hour drive on the drop of a dime i called her at night and i said hey i need help i'm gonna go talk to my coach can you come up here and help me and at the drop of a hat she came up helped me with everything helped me move out of my house helped me do everything and stayed for as long as she could um dropped her business dropped her training dropped everything and the people that drop everything are the ones that are always going to be there no matter what and so this is the picture this is the first day of me being sober um and it's it holds a lot of merit we're outside uh Sanford's in Dickinson and it was that day is the last time the the day before was the last time that I had ever done anything and will be and so um it's a it's a cool it's a cool reminder to look back at and see how far you come i mean i had this god awful man bun the fu man shoes looking thin i'm a little squinty my ears are small but i was sober and that's the way it's going to be from here on out so um these are the things i've learned in five full years of sobriety i hope that uh this has helped people I hope that you can take some of these things that uh, I've just told you guys and run with them and take them and apply them in everything that you do. I don't know everything. Um, These are the things that help me. These are the things that I've learned that I can um, hold on to. So hopefully some of these ring true to you. And I'm being completely serious by this. I want anybody that has struggled with it, is struggling with it, or has struggled with it in the past or think you might be starting to struggle with it please reach out my job description includes making you a better person a better person that's what i was put here for so if you have or are going to struggle with this or have in the past reach out you can dm me on instagram my phone number's on there call and I will lend an ear. I'm a sounding board for that. So that is the conclusion of another NLX2 podcast. One for the books. Ladies and gents, I thank you guys for listening. I thank you for everything that you guys do. Um, I hope that if this rings true to you, please share it. Please. And um, something that helps in this very saturated market of podcasts is please share and please leave a review if anything rang true to you please please share it and please leave a review on itunes spotify wherever you listen to your podcast this has been absolutely crazy fun and this has been another episode of the nlx2 podcast out